Thank you for listening in to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. For more information, visit our website at cumberlandcornerstone.org. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. So mentioned as we continue our study through the commandments, we come this morning to the third commandment. And the third commandment is just one verse. But it says to us in verse 7, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You know, many years ago, the FCC, the Federal uh, Communications Commission, uh, created a list of seven words that were not allowed to be uh, given to, uh, spoken over the airways on, on TV or radio. And uh, for those of you who are older, like myself, perhaps you remember the comedian George Carlin took those seven words and made a, a comedy sketch out of them, if, if you want to uh, think about that. You know, don't think about that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, my parents, like a lot of the parents I knew, uh, had also had a list of words which were forbidden. And their list was a lot bigger than the seven words the FCC uh, said we weren't allowed to say. You know, we always heard that if we used those words, there were going to be trouble. You know, and we were potentially going to get our mouths washed out with soap. Remember Christmas story, Ralphie sitting there with biting on a bar of soap. And we probably shouldn't watch that movie either. But anyway, uh, you know, as we come to the third commandment, it speaks to us about how we speak. And specifically, as we thought this morning with our, our music and everything, how we speak, uh, how we use the name of God. You know, as we think about the Ten Commandments and what we've looked at over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that the first two commandments are vitally, vitally important. The first one tells us that there is only one true God. There are no other gods. And then the second commandment tells us, tells us how that God uh, wants to be worshipped, how we can worship the one true God. And, and we understand the importance of those two commands, at least I hope you do. We understand that there is only one God, and we understand that, that if there is only one God, we better know how to worship him, and especially since he has told us how to worship him. And so we understand those, uh, those two, but we might wonder, what is so important about this third commandment? I mean, I mean, think about it. There are only 10 commandments to summarize everything that God wants from us by way of obedience. And how did watch your mouth make that list? What's so important about that? And, and for many people, violating this command seems to be a very small thing, uh, a pretty light offense. In fact, if any offense at all. But as we begin this morning, let me just caution you. And I know we're not under the law anymore, and I know we're not under the, uh, like the Israelites. But in Leviticus chapter 24, verse 16, the consequence of violating this third command was that you were stoned to death. That's pretty serious, right? 
And it was not just for the Israelites, but that that the, in Leviticus it says even a stranger, even a foreigner, even a sojourner who happens to be in the land, if they violate this command, that's the result. I just share that with us. Again, we're not stoning anybody today. If we did, most of us would be dead. Uh, but uh, we're not doing that. But I want you to grasp as we begin the seriousness of this command. The serious nature of using the name of our God. You know, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the basic underlying principle in these commands is, Honor and esteem and reverence for God. God wanted the, the people of Israel to honor him, to esteem him, to revere him. And he wanted them to know that his name was holy. And that his name was not to be misused under any circumstances. You see, our respect and our esteem and our honor for God is to be so great that we would never even think of speaking of him in an irreverent or in a light way. We can never take him lightly. We can never be casual in our reference to him. And I think, again, what has happened in this age of grace is that we've gotten very casual with the holiness of God and with the name of God. And so we want to take a fresh look at commandment number three this morning. What does it mean to take the name of the Lord our God in vain? Just two thoughts for us today. First of all, we want to th think of the importance of God's name. It says there uh, in verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It says the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And why is that? Because God's name stands for so much more than the mere pronouncing of his name. Pronouncing his title of address, if you will. God's name reveals his essence. God's name reveals to us his nature. God's name reveals to us his being, his very person. It speaks to us of who he really is. There at the burning bush, and as God was reaching out to Moses and revealing himself to Moses, we remember in that story that he says, I want you to go down to, to Egypt. I want you to, to bring my children of Israel, bring the, my people out of Egypt. And Moses says to God, when, when I get there, who shall I tell them has sent me? Remember the answer? I am that I am has sent me. The name I am that I am, which God revealed to Moses at the burning bush, declares to us God's perfection, God's self-sufficiency, God's self-existence. The name I am implies sovereignty. The name I am implies self-existence. But it is also that covenant name of God. It is the name by which God makes and keeps his promises to the nation of Israel and to us. It's his redemptive name. He is the Savior. He is the Rescuer. We saw that last week. It is his personal name. He is the ever-existent one. He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. He is I am that I am. 
Let's think of the New Testament. Remember when Jesus was here on the earth, he spent a lot of time in prayer. And his disciples came to him one day and they said, Lord, Lord teach us to pray. And, and you, you remember how the Lord's prayer begins. Our, our Father. And, and that word Father there is the, the word Abba. And, and by the way, Abba is more than a singing group, right? You know, it's that name Abba, which is the name from which we get our name, kind of daddy, that, that very personal name. And we begin to immediately, when we think of daddy, maybe think a little casualness, but remember what the next statement is. Our father, our Abba, our Abba, our daddy, who art in heaven. What's next? Hallowed, holy be your name. Holy be your name. You know, we are to take God and his name very seriously. The same is true with the name Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save. He's the Savior. He will save his people from their sins. Jesus in Scripture in the New Testament said he was I am. Much like God the Father revealed I am. Jesus revealed to the, remember there in the, the, the garden when the soldiers came to, to arrest him. Jesus said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, I am he. And what happened? The soldiers fell down at the name of Jesus. They fell down. We must be careful how we use the name of God. We must be careful how we use the name of Jesus, our Savior. Well, what does it mean here? It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The word vain can be translated with the words empty or worthless or to no good purpose. So, so here God is saying, don't use my name in an empty way. Don't use my name for no good purpose. Don't use my name in a, in a worthless manner. So to take the name of the Lord our God in vain means that we misuse it or that we use it for no real purpose. Now, this doesn't mean that we are never allowed to speak the name of God. This doesn't mean that we should be superstitious about the name of God. What it simply means is don't misuse my name. Don't miss, my name is holy. Don't misuse it. Think about a name for a moment. Our name marks us. Our name identifies us. And over time, as people get to know us, our name actually embodies who we are. And we say somebody's name and we immediately say, oh, oh, yeah, that guy. Or, oh, yeah. That person, our name identifies us. You know, think about it. Not many children today get the name Judas, right? We don't, you know, not a lot of kids called Judas. Or Benedict, you know, uh, here in the United States, no, we don't want to call her Benedict Arnold. Uh, you know, after World War II, very few kids by the name of Adolf, you know, 
We don't want to call our children by, you know, throughout history, we associate character traits when we hear the name of certain individuals. When we say the name Abraham Lincoln, we know the phrase, honest Abe, you know, Calvin Coolidge. Maybe you don't know this one as well, but he was known as Silent Cow. How about the Apostle Peter? Impetuous Peter. You know, we, 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 we think of somebody's character when we think of their name. I don't want to embarrass my wife, but when I hear the name Loanna, they're just, I get good feelings. I mean, I do. Because I, I, I can't separate her from her name. And, and the same is true with other people as well. You know, we tend to give one another nicknames, you know, and sometimes they have to do with how we look. Sometimes they have to do with our name. Sometimes they have to do with our character. I received the, and I don't ever want to hear this from you, <laughs> but when I was at Cedarville, I was known as Hatter, and uh, that's not a bad name, but even my professors called, in fact, I don't think some of them knew that my last name was not Hatter. And, and, you know, and, and it, it was just given to me as a freshman by a friend, and, and it just stuck with me. We, we give one another nicknames. But funny nicknames or memorable nicknames is one thing. The irreverent use of God's name is something totally different. And everywhere in Scripture, God's name is not only exalted, it is highly exalted we should respect the name of god because of what he has done for us we should respect the name of god because of his power we should respect the name of god because of his character and so our use of the name of god in word and in thought and in deed think about it this way, is going to reflect how we think about God. How I use the name of God reflects how I relate to the name of God, relate to him. How you think about God's name, how you use God's name will reflect on how you view God. And I got to tell you, even within the church, we have gotten very casual in our view of the name of God. Not only in the world, we expect it in the world, but even in our own lives and in the life of the church. And so I want to spend the rest of our time this morning on how can we misuse the name of God. And I, I want to give you a number of different ways that we misuse the name of God. Uh, here from uh, not necessarily from this verse here this morning, but just taking this verse and, and running with it with this idea that we should not take the name of the Lord our God in vain. How can we misuse the name of God? First of all, I think we misuse the name of God when we don't keep our commitments, when we don't keep our word, when we don't keep our promises. You say, that's a little bit of a stretch. Well, I don't think it is. God is a God of truth. And he wants his people to be people of truth. He wants us to be people who say what we say and mean what we say. 
He wants us to be people who keep our commitments. You know, the people of Israel, in fact, some commentators say that, that this was more the issue than really taking it in a profane way, that, that this had more to do with oath-taking. Don't take my name in a, in a vain way when you make an oath. The, the people of Israel took oaths in the name of the Lord because his name was so sacred. And in Psalm 15, verse 4, uh, the psalmist says, you know what? That God is pleased with the person who keeps his promise even when it does him harm. When I make a commitment to somebody, when I make a promise to somebody, and then something comes up, and if I keep that commitment, you know, it's going to hurt me. And maybe it's going to hurt me financially. Maybe it's going to hurt me uh, time-wise because, you know what, things have come up, and, and maybe it's going to hurt me in other ways. But, but the Lord says, you know what, if you keep your commitment, even if it had hurt to you, that's what I want from my people. I want my people to be people of truth. When they took an oath in the name of the Lord to marry someone, to buy a field, to perform some duty, some service, that was an unbreakable vow, an unbreakable oath. And when you broke that oath, you were misusing or taking the name of the Lord in vain. Let me bring it into our world today. Maybe we don't even do it as much anymore, uh, but uh, you know when we, we testify in court, you used to put your hand on the Bible and say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And perjury was a very serious offense. To take an oath in the name of God, even in our society, and then stand on the, the witness stand and tell a lie was a very serious matter. We misuse God's name when we take oaths, when we make commitments, when we make promises, especially serious ones like from Scripture, the marriage vows, other things, and we don't keep them. Let's look at the second way. I think we misuse the, the name of God when we use it to promote our own ideas, our own agendas. You know, one of the things that we as a people love to do is drop names, right? Name dropping. Well, I know, and I've met so-and-so. You know, I'm sure some of you throughout the week say, well, I, I know Pastor Dave. And most people are going, Who? We love to drop names, don't we? Uh, we work it into our conversation. Oh, by the way, I met so-and-so. I, I did this, or I, I know this person, or whatever. Sometimes, in the Christian world, we use phrases such as, well, you know, God told me to do this. Or God showed me that I need to do this. Or God led me. To do this. And in reality, all we're trying to do is validate our own ideas and our own plans and give them more credence. When we claim absolute divine authority for our own human plans and for our own human decisions, I think we violate this commandment. We get very casual with the name of God. Well, God told me to do this, or God led me to do that. 
Does God speak to us? Does God tell us? Does God lead us? Absolutely, but he does through how? His word. Think of it this way. We think that God is on our side in every war. You know, those of you that know me well, I love to read about the Civil War. And what is also fascinating about the Civil War, probably true about every war, is both sides thought God was on their side. We think God's on our side in our political campaigns. We think God's on our side, you know, in in sporting events. Certainly God wants my team to win. I think we would do well to learn from Abraham Lincoln and his wisdom. Shortly after the fall of Atlanta, at a White House function, a lady was there and she came up to him and she said, Oh, Mr. President. I'm sure that God's on our side in this war. Don't, aren't you? And Lincoln replied very solemnly, ma'am, I'm more concerned that we're on God's side than that he's on our side. See, we use God's name for many purposes. Politicians end speeches, and God bless the United States of America, and God bless you. Athletes, thank God for scoring the winning bucket, for scoring a touchdown, hitting a home run. We carelessly thank God when we pass the policeman at 75 and he doesn't come out. Oh, thank God. You see, maybe you're saying, oh, Pastor Dave, you're really pushing it here. I don't think I am. I think God wants us to take his name far more seriously than we do. Let's look at another one. We misuse the name of God when we use it in a frivolous or a casual manner. And here's the one that we're all so familiar with in our modern society and in our day. When we use the name of God as an expression of fear, as an expression of excitement, as an expression of surprise, that's a violation of this command. Folks, when I hear a Christian rattle off the phrase, oh my God, for everything from a game-winning touchdown to a great parking spot, I can't help but wonder what our view of God really is. It's so ingrained in the speech habits, not only of the world, but of many of us. And your response might be, well, Pastor Dave, I don't mean anything by it when I say that. And that's just the point. You're taking the name of God and you don't mean anything by it. Scripture says, no, my name is holy. A joking, lighthearted approach to the Lord's name is inappropriate. I personally don't think there's any place for using the name of Christ as a punchline or in Christian slogans even or mm, personal peeve, bumper stickers. You know, I saw a Christian t-shirt that, that said, uh, going off of a 
beer commercial of all things said, this blood's for you. I think that's wrong. I think we've got to be careful about that. Bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. God is my coach. God is my blank, 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 whatever. God is none of those things. He is the God who has revealed himself to us. And without that, we would never know him. He is the God who saves us from our sins. He is the God who rules over all the earth, and we can't limit his power. Go to a Christian bookstore. You can buy Jesus vitamins, Jesus dolls, Jesus bumper stickers, using the name of God to sell stuff. I think we violate this command. The name of God is to be holy, sacred. Let's look at the next one. Obviously, we misuse the name of God when we use it in profanity. Now, I personally believe that using the phrase, oh my God, or Jesus, is not only a casual and flippant use of God's name, I also think it's a profane use of God's name. I think it is profanity. But there is also then those who have contempt for the name of God. You know, who, who uh, use it in a bad way, with bad connotations. Again, I've never seen the show The Simpsons. But I am familiar with the character Bart Simpson just from the world around us. And I, I read in, in one of the, the commentaries on, as I was preparing for this uh, that Bart Simpson was asked to pray for the meal. And he bowed his head and he said, we made all this stuff, thanks God for nothing. That's contempt for the name of God. Asking God to damn someone or to damn something is contempt for the name of God. Do you understand what you're really saying there? It should never be part of the vocabulary of a believer. And I got to tell you, folks, it's kind of cool today to, to use language in the church. It's kind of cool today for Christians to, to use, even leaders within the church to use language from the pulpit or while they're speaking. Some of you are familiar with one of the ladies that, that was a leader, and I'm not going to get into name, but uh, she, was, she thought it was, she was a, I'm just a sassy girl. And we think it's cool to use language. What does the New Testament say? Let no coarse communication do what? Come out of my mouth. Not only should I not be using the name of God flippantly, but, but I need to be careful how I speak. I represent him in the world. Let's look at the next one. We misuse the name of God when we use it in superficial worship. Last week we saw that God takes worship very seriously. 
and at times in our worship. Now think about this. In times in our, and I'm just trying to help us to think today. At times in our worship, we can take God's name in vain. How could we possibly do that? I think it's very easy. Now granted, we're all human. And we all get distracted, myself included. But how many times in our worship services do we sing a song even about God and about his name and we don't even really think about what we're singing? We could be singing in our sleep. We're not engaged in thinking about God for who he is. We sometimes use the name of God in our prayers when we can't think of anything else to say. And um, God, um, God, um. I think there's a danger also today that our worship revolves around us when our true focus should be on God. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in the, the story about two men who were leaving church one morning and one asked the other how they found the worship that day oh came the reply i didn't get much out of it today and the response was i'm sorry i didn't know it was for you we come to do what worship who god it's not about me it's about him we want our worship to be fun we want our worship to be creative. We want our worship to be exciting and entertaining. We want to be entertained when we come. And our view of worship is simply too low. It's not on us. The focus is not to be on us, but it's to be on God, the one we are worshiping. And we need to be careful even how we sing and say his name in worship. But the last one kind of wraps them all up. We misuse the name of God when we don't live for him. When we don't live a life that is pleasing to him. Most importantly, taking all the other things I've said here this morning, most importantly, we as Christians sin every time we bring shame to the name by which we are called. We must act and we must think and we must speak in a way that is proper for those who are called by the holy name of God. We are Christians. Christian means what? Little Christs. We need to live up to that name. We must never forget the privilege and the responsibility that comes with bearing the name of Christ. And we violate that command every time we live as if we didn't bear the name of God. Oh, we go to church and we sing the songs and we say all the right things. But then we live the rest of the week as if we weren't called by the holy name of God. That we weren't his people. That we weren't Christians. We must never bring dishonor and disgrace on the name of God 
by living as if our conduct doesn't matter to him. As if our conduct does not concern his glory. You know, our, our parents often would say to us, don't do anything that would what? Bring shame to the name of Hattonfield or whoever it may be. Make sure your character doesn't besmirch our name. And I think God says, and I don't think, I know God says the same thing to us. Go to, as we close, Colossians chapter 3. I think a simple summary of this command comes to us here in Colossians 3, verse 17. We obey this command by living as Christians, by speaking and doing everything according to the family name. Look at verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, folks, when we do all that we do, and we do it in the name of Christ, and we do it for Christ, and we do it through Christ, we show that his is the name we value. His is the name we love. His is the name that is above all names. Just try and make us think today. Commandment number three, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And remember, God takes that pretty seriously. In the Old Testament, they stone people for that. They don't stone people for it today. But God still takes it very seriously. Are we misusing his name? Let's pray. Father, as we think about this commandment and the fact that we so casually and flippantly many times use your name, whether it's through exclamations of surprise or fear or whether it's in thoughtless worship, whether it's in living a life that is not pleasing to you. We are all guilty of it. And Lord, I just pray that we would remember that when we say the name of Jesus, when we say the name of God, we think about your character and what you've done for us. You saved us. You provided a way of salvation for us. You love us. May we take that very seriously. And Lord, in the week ahead, may we watch our mouth. May we watch our actions and our thoughts. And may everything we do be done in the name of Christ. May we bring honor and glory and esteem to your name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information on our church, located in Cumberland, Maryland, please go to cumberlandcornerstone.org.